As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Today, my featured guest is Barbara Aldifer, and you can find her at stopdropandpray.net. That's stopdropandpray.net. Barbara has prayed with people for healing for over 30 years. From that experience, she learned that people don't know how to pray powerfully and their faith is weak. Because of this, she wrote her book, Stop, Drop, and Pray, which teaches calling on God's healing power in times of need. And I really get this because most people call on their own power. They try to do it themselves and we are not enough. We need God. So Barber's book also teaches living in the present moment and acknowledging that only God is in charge of your life, BC Nation. Only God is in charge. To surrender to God all that we hold, our worries, our anxiety, our fear. It seems simple, but it is really rather a tall order. Now, Barbara's also a speaker for Luncheons for Life, and she's an advocate for the pro-life movement. So, Barbara, welcome to Broken Catholic. Welcome to my show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, my whole life has been one of trying to get people motivated to actually pray. Um, The problem is we can pray for ourselves and we have really nice prayers and we build up our own uh, relationship with Jesus, which we absolutely have to have. But We have no idea how to pray for other people. And we don't expect God to heal anybody. We don't. We're we're more likely to say, well, I'm going to offer it up than we are to say, wow, uh, I would like God to heal me and uh, I'm going to pray for that. Also, we do not know how to pray with other people at all. So let's get into this for a second, right? Because I think you bring up a really powerful point. How many times, BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, does someone walk over to you and say, hey, my aunt is dying of cancer. Can you pray for her? Or my son is is going through opioid abuse right now and he's addicted to, to drugs or whatever. Can you pray for me as I'm going through this? And Barbara, what I'm hearing you say is that we say yes. Because who wouldn't, right? You would be an unkind person to say no. So we say, yes, I'll pray for you. Sometimes we pray. If you're like me, most of the time I forget to pray. I have the intention in the moment, but then I forget because life happens. 
But what you're, what you're, I'm hearing you say right now is that we don't actually believe God's going to heal the person, not deep down, not for real. We, we've lost hope in God's actual real power in present day modern Christianity. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because here's what I do. When someone comes to me and says, my son is involved in opioids, will you pray for him? I say, why are you worried about him? Jesus loves him more than you do. He knows exactly how to get a hold of him. He is going to heal him. And what we're going to do is we're going to stop right now and we're going to pray for him together. And then you're not going to worry about it at all. So let's surrender this to God. And I say, Lord, I surrender this to you. And I pray the Lord's prayer and I'm done. And I leave because my job is done. Once you give something to Jesus, you're done. He's got it. He is going to work in his own time and in his own way, and he is going to work miracles. It's so simple. It's so simple that the enemy tries to make us believe it's, it's something very hard and it's a process, but it's not. We do things at the moment because God went through a whole lot of trouble to bring that person in front of you at that moment in time. So obviously, you need to do something, and that is give it to Jesus. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say, Barbara, because this is fascinating. It's so simple. So what I'm hearing you say is that when the person shows up in your life, BC Nation, and comes over to you and says, hey, can you pray for me? That, was, that means that God's timing is now lined up for healing Yes. in exactly. their life. That's why he sent them to you. The mm -hmm. problem is we don't know what to do with it. Right. So what you're saying, Barbara, is simply believe that God's power reigns over all, mm -hmm. that God wants to heal the person, and that God's timing is now aligned. That's why they're in front of you asking for prayer. And right. now if you pray with them and, and surrender them up and the whole situation up to God using the Our Father and praying very specifically of a surrender prayer, God's healing will happen. Yes. And that's what's missing is that combination of timing and belief. Mm -hmm. I have a really good what shows up for you in that? I have a very good example of, of surrendering. A woman called me and was very upset. Her husband was an alcoholic and she couldn't take it anymore. And her daughter, she hadn't talked to her daughter in years. And anytime they would talk, they would be in a horrible, horrible fight. So it took me two hours to get her to just surrender this. She, you can't do anything. Surrender to God concentrate on your own relationship with Jesus. So she actually did. <clears throat> and she called me an hour later and she said, you'll never guess what happened. My husband called me from work and he's going from work into rehab. And then I got off the phone with my husband and my daughter called. She said, hi mom, how you doing? Best conversation I ever had with her. And she just sobbed and sobbed. And I said, why are you surprised? You surrendered it to God. All these years, you've been standing right in front of him, telling God what to do. And that's what we do. And, you know, one day I, I came back from communion and I was thinking, oh, Jesus is going to tell me something wonderful. But what he said was, you know, I need to have people surrender to me. But what they do is supervise me. They tell me what to do, how to do it. And then they give me a few days to do it the way they want or they get mad at me. And they start yelling at me. I don't understand why my son is still going with that girl with the nose ring and the tattoos, you know? 
it, it's ridiculous. But that's what we do. So when we surrender it to God, he does more than we would have asked him to do. Plus, he actually knows what's going on. So, mm. so, so this is so powerful. And, uh, you know, you may not know this, Barbara, but uh, I have a spiritual coaching business, right? So I coach clients on, you know, the brokenness in their life and how to get restoration in their family relationships. And some of my clients get their father back in their life and heal that broken relationship, or they get their spouse back and avoid a messy divorce, et cetera, right? So God is very present in my coaching call conversations. Mm -hmm. And something I teach my clients is what I call the surrender principle. And I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And the surrender principle simply states this, that your happiness is in direct proportion to what you hold on to or let go of. Like, and, and I just repeat that for BC Nation. Your happiness is in direct proportion to what you hold on to or let go of. Exactly what Barbara's saying here. You're holding on to control over the thing that you're asking for healing in or to be released from, and you won't give it to God and trust his power. So the reason why you don't have the things you want in your life is because you haven't created the space for them to come to you or to be brought to you from God. You're still holding on to things outside of your control, such as your past and your future. You've been clinging to your plans and schemes rather than surrendering to God's plan for your life. And I finish with this. You can't receive something new if you're holding on to something old. God wants to give you something new, BC Nation. This is what Barbara is talking about. This is why I brought it on the show, because I want your mind to be blown right now. Can it really be this easy? Yes. Things that are complicated normally are not from God. No. God's peace is simple. God's love is simple. God's healing is simple. And he wants to do it for you. So I just want to re-inspire you, BC Nation. That's why Barbara is here. So Barbara, walk us through... Right now, if I came to you, and, I, and let's do a demonstration. Okay. Because sometimes I think we need to hear, well, what exactly do I say? And which words come first? And right, we really want the, the how. How okay. do I do this, Barbara? Rather than just say, oh, just surrender it. Well, what does that look like? Because my clients ask me, and I simply say, it looks like this. Father, right? Heavenly Father, I surrender to you blank. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, okay. take it. It's too big for me. I don't want it anymore. I give you total control, right? In, in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Like that's simple, but that's my version. What is yours, right? So I come to you, Barbara, right now, and I say, let me come up with an example. Maybe it's a real example in my life. Uh, actually, it is. Uh, there's a, a gal that works at our church, um, and she's one of the cleaning lady there, a precious Spanish woman, um, mm-hmm. and she has cancer. She's lost all her hair, and she's going through chemo treatment right now. And, and I say, Barbara, can you pray for her? What would you say? Okay. First of all, I would say she is in God's hands. She is has the grace to go through whatever it is that God has planned in her life. Mm. So don't worry about her. What we're going to do now is we are going to surrender her to God and pour more grace on her life. Our job is not to heal. Our job is to pour grace on a person's life so that God can heal. So I stop and I say, okay, now we're going to pray. And Let's I, do it. Let's okay. actually do it because this is a real example. She's suffering right now okay and we'll just call her uh mary but god knows who we're talking about you 
don't have to have a name because Jesus okay. knows who it is. What we do is this, the minute we put a name to a specific thing, we own it. We start watching to see how our prayers do, to see how they're doing, you know, but they don't belong to us. They belong to God. So what I suggest if people are worried about someone, call some up and say, I would like to pray for a friend. Let's surrender them to God. God knows who it is. He's so smart. He doesn't need God. to be told. So, so don't put a name to it. Otherwise, we end up taking control of it yeah, we do. rather than releasing it to God. Yeah. Our, and our, our relatives are, are the worst of all, you know, because <laughs> like we're responsible for them. They have their own relationship with Jesus. Let them go. Okay. So, so I have a friend. She's yeah, got cancer. Okay. Let's I don't pray. even need to know what she has. You just say, I have a friend. I want to pray for her. So got it. we just, Lord, we surrender her to you. Now I am going to pray the Lord's prayer and Joseph. I want you to not pray it with me, but listen to the words and receive it. This is really important because we're either giving or receiving, and you're going to be receiving for her. So here we go. Lord Jesus, we surrender this woman to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And that's it. It is so powerful. It is so, we don't understand the power of prayer. That one Lord's prayer can heal a person. Um, I, we just got back from Atlanta, where I, I always teach people how to pray with each other for healing, a physical healing, because Jesus does this, and it, it's really powerful, and it amazes people. So I was asked for um, someone in the audience that has a headache. Well, nobody had a headache, but there was a woman who had a, a nice little old lady who had a really bad back, so she volunteered, and... I, I put my hands, here's what I do, and I'll explain it to you now because it's really important. First you ask, would you like me to pray with you to, for healing? And they have to say yes. That is their act of faith. So they'll say yes. And then you tell them what you're going to do. I'm going to put my hands on your head, and I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer. That's all I'm going to do. So then you put one hand very gently on, the, on their forehead, and the other hand, very gently on the nape of the neck, that's right here where the neck and the head meet. And then you tell them, and, and make sure it's very gently, God does not need any help. So you tell them, now I'm going to pray out loud, but I don't want you to pray it with me. Just listen to the words and receive it. And then you pray the Lord's Prayer very slowly. Do not think of the person at all. Think of the words. Allow the words to just soak into the person. These are the most powerful words that Jesus has spoken. It's the gift he give, gave to us. So we pray the Lord's Prayer. And leave your hands there for a few seconds. Allow that power to just continue. And then you can ask them, is your headache gone? And almost always they'll say yes. If not, they'll say something like, well, it feels much better. Do it again. Do it till it's gone. So I was doing this with a lady. The power of God was so strong. My husband was holding a microphone, and he fell backwards because it was just the power of God was so strong. Anyway, 
Jesus healed this woman's back. And all, and so I have everybody do it because you have to practice this. It's so easy, but you need to practice it. So everybody was practicing it. The woman that Earl prayed over, my husband, uh, her neck was healed. She prayed over him and her hands were so hot she had to blow on him. All over the room, things were happening because once we realize the power of God in prayer, it's unleashed. He unleashes his power. And we can all do this. Jesus said, this is the sign that will follow all those who believe. They will speak new languages, cast out demons, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. It's our job. Not special people who have special gifts. We are all called to do it. And we do it with our children. And our children can do it with us. I had a little um, six-year-old boy, um, like I was teaching the men's group, and one man said, I have to, something to share. And he said, well, I had a migraine last week, and I was laying on the couch, and my six-year-old son came up. He said, Daddy, do you have a headache? He said, oh, I have a very bad headache. And he said, well, Miss Barb said for me to pray the Our Father. So he, so the man said, well, okay. So the little boy actually slapped his hand on his dad's head, and he prayed the Lord's Prayer, and he said, my headache was half gone. It was amazing. I said, thank you, son. And he said, is it all gone, Daddy? He said, well, no, but it's much better. No, Miss Barb said, if it's not gone, I got to do it again. So he did it again, prayed it. It was completely and totally gone. And by this time, he was sobbing. He said, can you imagine? My six-year-old son laid his hands on me, and Jesus healed me with the Lord's Prayer. That's it. That's it. We have to have the faith of the child. We know God is going to do it. We love people with a comforting love. We want them to be happy and healthy and rich. And if somebody's not that way, we get all upset and fearful. And fear comes from the enemy. But we have to love with God's love, which is transforming. I want his will to be done in your life. I want you to be healed, but only because he wants you to be healed. And he wants you to be saved. And that's the ultimate thing. Barbara, this is very powerful conversation. And I know for my listener right now, this is not an ordinary everyday conversation. It's new. It's different. It seems too easy. It seems too good to be true. Now, do you have other stories that are more than just headaches? Do you have other types of healings like wheelchairs, Uh, anything like that. And okay, what do you got? Because like people right now, my skeptic listeners are like, oh, headaches. Well, that could just be in their head, obviously, you know, so they felt better and the headache went away. Okay. This is funny because I just, I went to my doctor yesterday and um, I've been praying with her for a couple of years and uh, she had a migraine, of course. And the minute she came in, she said, pray for me. I got a migraine. Now she knows what headaches are caused from and, and where they go. And she was healed. But oh my goodness, um, stage four cancer. Um, uh, there's a beautiful little lady. She was a minister, I think Baptist minister. And um, she had, her knees were, she couldn't, she was in a wheelchair because both of her knees were just terrible. And uh, so uh, as I prayed, um, I told her, you can't help me. You can't say amen, hallelujah nothing can't raise your hands because god is doing all the work you don't help him and she said i don't know if i can do that so she did and uh she was totally healed and she got up and started dancing and she was really crying and she said it's not just because i was healed it's because i just realized we need to receive and we don't receive that's why we're not healed 
And it's true. We need to be able to receive, you know, nobody's worthy. So, you know, who cares? But we need to be open to anything that God has for our life. And we have to live in the present moment. That's it. It's, uh, it reminds me of a story I had, uh, you know, Catholic evangelist uh, John Pridmore on my show. He's a close friend of mine. He's been traveling the world, you know, preaching for 25 years. And he shared with me, he said, hey, Joseph, I was uh, at this uh, conference with a priest friend of mine, and, and he's a healer, right? That's his gifting from the Holy Spirit. And uh, he was planning to do all these healings, and um, he got called out for an emergency-type uh, situation. And he turned to me and said, John, I need you to take care of the conference, and John's like, what? What are you talking about? It's a healing conference. Mm -hmm. And he says, yes, go heal the people. Mm -hmm. And John's like, I don't have that gift. And he says, we all have the gift, John. Mm -hmm. Go heal the people. And John's like, well, what do I do? And he said, just pray on them. Mm -hmm. Pray with them, right? God's doing the work. It's not you, John. What makes you think you have that power? It's not you. Mm -hmm. Go heal them. And, and John was like flabbergasted and the priest left. And he walked out on stage and he saw all these people, right? Front row in wheelchairs, handicapped, lame, right? All this stuff. And he's like, Joseph, I had a crisis of faith myself. And like, I'm an evangelist. Like I believe in God. I've surrendered my whole life to him. I've taken vows and of poverty and everything like that, chastity. And, but I've never, this healing was a totally new experience for me. So I just trusted and I lifted and surrendered my lack of faith and everything and gave it to God. And then I just started putting my hand on people and just going one after another, just praying over them for healing. And he said, Joseph, people got out of their freaking wheelchairs in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I, like tears pouring down my eyes, like God did that. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't me, because my faith was so doubting. He said, but God healed them through this broken vessel. And I was like, what? Like, and, and I got to tell you, Barbara, I want to see this. I want to see it firsthand. And that's my own lack of faith. I believe you. I believe it happens. But I want to see it. Well, even when you see it, it's hard to believe. I prayed with a lady who was in a wreck and her knee, her, she had five surgeries on her leg. The left leg was three inches shorter than the right one. The kneecap was over to the side. There was, um, they took muscle out. So there was a dip where they took muscle out and she had all kinds of um, uh, sores and, and things from the surgeries. And as I prayed, the leg grew three inches, the kneecap flipped to the middle, the, all of the muscle grew back. There was no pain whatsoever for the first time in 31 years. And she looked at it and here's what she said. Well, it feels okay right now. And that's our attitude. Because we don't, even when we see it, we don't believe it. It's unbelievable. You know, it's just, it's, this is crazy. I, so we have to, you know, change our whole thought process here. Okay, so what was going through your mind when you saw her kneecap invert and straighten itself out right before your eyes and, and all the skin healed from all the surgeries and everything? Like, what was going through your mind? Okay, what was going through my mind was, I detach myself from anything I know about a person or think about a person, and I only concentrate on the power of God. So I wasn't even hardly watching because I was concentrated so much on just the power of God um, and allowing myself to be completely open. And what happens is sometimes when you're praying with someone, you'll get like a, a thought or a little notion. And that's the Holy Spirit speaking. 
And you have to be really concentrated on that in order to see it or hear it. So I'm not really paying attention to that. I'm paying attention to God. And that's the other thing. When you pray with the person, don't worry about them. Don't think about them. Think about the power of God. Your job is not to heal that person. Your job is to do what God wants you to do, and that is pour grace on this person. God's job is to do whatever it needs to be done. And a lot of times we have to go through trials, and it brings us closer to Jesus. So we have to allow whatever he wants to happen. But, it, it, I mean, the miracles, MS, you know, it's just... It's just unbelievable the things that he does. But I know him. I know that he does. And remember, the Blessed Mother taught us how to do this at the wedding feast at Cana. She just presented the problem to Jesus. They have no wine. She didn't say, oh, Lord, this is so bad. They're so young. This is going to be on their on their permanent record for the rest of their life. Their children are going to suffer. You've got to do something. No, she didn't. They have no wine. And she also didn't tell him what to do. Maybe you could get your friends together and pull your money and go down to Saul's. He's having a, a sale on wine. You know, no, she didn't. They have no wine. And then she turned and told the guys, do what he tells you. And she left. And that's what we do. We go in, pour the grace of God on, give them to Jesus. Our problem is we keep them for ourselves. We want to help them ourselves. But when they learn to talk with Jesus, when they learn to surrender to Jesus, then he, he can have full control of their life and not us. All I, right. I have a personal question for you, and we're going to run out of time here, but we'll go over a little bit. So I, uh, in my own life, I've had two or three examples of where I prayed for, for God's clarity on which direction to take. Mm -hmm. And you said this very in the beginning of the show. And as you said it, you're like, yeah, people pray this way and they tell God what to do and they put a time limit on it. And I've done that. And, I, and it literally looks like this. I said, for example, when uh, I just sold my two businesses and I said, you know, is becoming almost evident that God wanted me out of the businesses. All of a sudden they just started to fail financially for no good reason. Mm -hmm. And I had prayed, Lord, remove any obstacles that are blocking me from the calling on, on my life, your calling on my life, and use force if necessary. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, my business starts failing for no reason. So I try to go in and salvage it and save it. Everything I touch gets worse. Yeah. Like literally gets worse and it's falling faster. And, and I'm like, hands off. And I go, you know, God, what do you want? Like, if you want me out of the business, then let no people show up for these interviews. I have 10 interviews scheduled tomorrow. Let nobody show up. And if nobody shows up, I know you want me out of this business. Clear as day. But if one person shows up tomorrow, then I know you want me in to rebuild. And that was my prayer. It was like a this or that. Because I want to move in his will with, with certainty. And the next day, nobody showed up out of 10 confirmed interviews for a $50,000 a year position mm -hmm. in Florida. That's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and it was like such a confirmation. So I moved in that direction with certainty. Is that wrong? Is that the wrong way to pray? Because it's putting God on the spot. No, but your first prayer worked. You know, if, if, if take everything out of my life that doesn't belong there, he did. And, he, and you still said, well, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. When he opens a door, go through. Just don't worry about it. If you see it, if you ask for it, and it looks like it's happening, do it. You know? 
And then if it's not the way he wants, he'll shut the door. We, we put too, way too much, you know, importance on making the right decision. And also, what is my, what is my goal? And what are, why was I made? What is the big thing that God has for me? We don't have a big thing. We need to love the person in front of us with the love of Jesus. That's it. We're all called to do the same thing. All have the same ministry. We make things way too hard. We have to look for, once you surrender to God and something happens, you go in that direction. Then you saw you you waste a lot of time worrying and fearing and fretting and asking God. Now, is it really, really, really? No, just if it opens up, you do it and you don't worry about it. Well, that doesn't work. So, and give right, it to Barbara, Barbara, you are shaking up some things here. Okay, I just want you to know that you're being very disruptive with a lot of our beliefs, and and I really get that. And you're making me question some things, like life purpose. Is there one big thing that God's calling each of us to do? Um, and you're, you're like, you're pushing, you're pushing the out saying, no, you don't believe so. You believe that we're all called to just love each other and, and call God's power and healing upon each other. Kind of like, not kind of, but exactly what the early church did in the book of Acts. Mother Teresa did it. She did one thing. She did it very well. She loved the person in front of her, picked him up from um, the gutter, and Jesus blessed it and multiplied it. She didn't start out to build her empire. She didn't even consider her having an empire. She still continued to love the person in front of her. We allow, we love the person in front of us, allow God to continue to give us more. To him who has more will be given. So you just do your little thing each moment. And the, the book gives step-by-step -step instructions, three steps. So it's, you know, it's very, it's simple, but it, it's not easy. You have to get used to it. All right, BC Nation, we're speaking with Barbara Aldifer. She is a, uh, a disruptor of our broken expectations that we put upon God. You can find her at stopdropandpray.net. Go pick up her book. It's about a 10-minute read. It's a little pamphlet book. I read it. It was very powerful for me. I highly recommend it to you. That's stopdropandpray.net. Barbara, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Okay. Welcome to the confession round. This okay. is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? Okay. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? He's so powerful. Mm. I love that. What's your least favorite thing? Justice. And I hope that he's in a good mood when I die. <laughs> <laughs> I hope God has moods. <laughs> what are you most afraid of? I'm really not afraid of anything. However, down here in Florida, we have something called palmetto bugs, which are actually huge cockroaches, and they will startle me. And they and they have so much boldness and, and brashness. They come oh, right in gosh. front of you. Uh, what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Okay, the only thing I remember about my 20s is changing diapers. That's it. <laughs> so, I had three kids in three years. So you had you spent way too much time with your hands in poop. There and, you go. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? You know, I don't really have any fear about people, but what disappoints me about people is their lack of uh, of uh, a sense of humor. You know, I mean, if you can't laugh, what what good is life? <laughs> what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um. Oh, I, I wish I knew that he loved Lutherans. 
because I, I grew up in a real small town and there were only Catholics and Lutherans. And so I was Catholic, so I figured that God didn't like Lutherans. But I've learned that he does, which is nice. <laughs> and and by the way, BC Nation, I would say God loves Lutherans. He loves Baptists. He oh, loves, he does. right? All that call on his name and believe God loves. And he loves us in our brokenness even before we call on his name. And he, he draws us to him. I know he did for me when I was a broken Catholic and former atheist. So what is a bad habit you want to break? I don't exercise. Got no. it. You know, I really don't. But uh, the, the habit that I really have is I, I love chocolate. I really. I love I chocolate love and you don't exercise. That's a dangerous yeah. combination, woman. What's a new habit you want to form? Um, I think I would, well, I definitely want to exercise more. And um, I want to uh, read a little bit more. It's very difficult for me to read because I'm dyslexic. So. Mm, got it. Have you ever prayed for healing on that? You know what? Jesus said um, that it's a blessing. And so I'm going with that. And it really is because I, I don't remember anything. And, and my, my brain works in a different way. So I have to have everything very simple. So uh, it works for me. Wow. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, simple, happy, obedient. Mm, amen to that. If only we all would be, right? Like yes. children. Pick yeah. three words to describe who you are before you experience God in your heart. Okay, cranky, judgmental, and, uh, um, you know, probably lonely. Mm. And last question, Barbara, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Live your life the way that God wants you to live it and not the way that everybody else does. And for my children, read your mother's book. <laughs> stop drop and pray and barbara any final wisdom what's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with god versus not okay everything grows from your relationship with jesus everything he said seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be given you besides so while you're concentrated on your relationship with jesus he will go behind your back and take care of everybody you do not worry about anybody else get out of their lives mm. bc nation do not worry about anybody else. Bring them to Jesus. Rely on his power to heal the problems and situations in your life. Because as Barbara says, Jesus loves you, your family more than you do. Mm -hmm. He really does. And I believe that. So uh, we're speaking with Barbara Aldefar. You can find her at stopdropandpray.net. Go pick up her book. Share it with your family. Learn how to heal through the power of God. And Barbara, thanks for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thank you, Joseph. God bless. God bless you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? 
Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.